Voice for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the exit planning podcast show. Today's guest specializes as a fractional HR executive, and today we're going to focus on how your HR practices can actually drive enterprise value. But first, let's hear from our show sponsors, Data, JAKCPAs, TrustPoint, and Sunbelt Business Advisors. What we see with many businesses is that they've never gotten marketing to work consistently and the marketing they do doesn't meaningfully impact their bottom line. Data approaches it differently by partnering with clients for long-term, sustainable marketing solutions. They start with a consultative, crawl, walk, run approach that helps you scale your marketing efforts naturally. Data provides marketing for the long-time success of your business to tell your story in a compelling way and to make sure the value you bring is apparent to everyone. Go to data.com for more information. That's D-A-Y-T-A.com. TrustPoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Visit TrustPointInc.com for more details. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Many business owners planning a business transition often feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. I'm Kyla Hansen, a partner at JAK CPAs. We can guide you to make sense of the numbers and the tax pieces of your transition. Leaving your business successfully takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at www.jakcpa.com. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Steve Shad, President and CEO of Optima HR Solutions. Steve, welcome to Poised for Exit. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Gosh. Okay, so before the show, we were talking about how HR impacts enterprise value, especially in M&A. 
and the and the fact that the people side of the business is really where a lot of the intangible value is in an enterprise. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive into that as much as we can here today. But first, I just got to know, how did you... How did you start this company? How did you get to where you are today with this role? Yeah, well, you know, my background is not in HR. Mm-hmm. I started off uh, coming out of the University of Minnesota studying international relations, political science. Mm. I had a completely different idea of where I wanted to go. And along the way, I got involved in what, what's called organizational development work. And so I did some consulting earlier in my career. And that led me into a different door of HR than most people go through, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the compliance and administrative side of HR. So Mm -hmm. when somebody starts out in the field, they generally go into a large corporation as an intern. They start off uh, kind of doing tactical work, and then they work their way up. And so I came through a non-traditional path. And so uh, it really shapes how I think about business Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I'm really a business person first, thinking about, okay, how do we create value? And how does the people side of the business actually drive that? And, you know, it's a lever. It's a lever for creating value for shareholders. Uh, That might sound kind of cruel, but it it really is. Everything that you have is a set of systems and processes. And the people side of your business is that as well. And so how do you shape that in a way that's going to drive enterprise value? That's where really strategic HR makes a difference in organizations. Well, in so many different ways, right? Because we've had people on the show before where we focused on HR matters, but we kind of dissected it because it's it's just like, you know, if you say the term HR or human resources, you're almost saying something like marketing or medicine, right? Yeah. You could break it down yep. and and spend hours on one little category, exactly right? Exactly right. So much to it. Um, but we have talked about leadership development. We have talked about culture development. But today we're talking about building enterprise value right? in uh, how you build your, your team and, and enforce right your work, um, the people who work for you, how you compensate them, right? All yep. of those things. So how is it that you at Optima HR Solutions, you and your team, how do you fit into the world of that people-focused um, provider community and in the business community, I should say. Sure. Well, like I mentioned before, first and foremost, we're business people. So mm-hmm. we're looking at how do we drive enterprise value. The other thing is we're generalists. So when you're talking to somebody who's kind of specializing in leadership, they've got depth in that area. That's where they've spent their time. Mm-hmm. And the advantage of somebody who is coming at it from a generalist perspective and a business perspective is you're looking holistically at the organization and what do I need to do to drive uh, improvements in the organization's performance which ultimately lead to value. And so uh, by doing that, we can say, okay, uh, once we've done that assessment, then we can land on the programmatic elements in an organization that are going to do that. So it might be a leadership program. It might be a culture initiative. So we're almost a step above that in a way where we're looking at the organization as a whole and the various levers that fall under the umbrella of the HR function, which is inclusive of those things you mentioned, to be able to understand where we're going to put effort and energy and resources to be able to make an impact on the business. So tell me, what does that look like? Say for, you know, give me a for instance or a a client situation that you've had recently that could illustrate that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, a great example is a company that uh, we're working with that it's a manufacturer uh, and um, 
the first step we did with them was a, a full assessment. Our assessment mm-hmm. is based on a proprietary framework that we developed yeah. that really looks at um, uh, the business and HR strategies from, I say, the outside in and the top down. Mm. Outside in meaning we start with the context that that business is operating in. Okay. Uh, and so you're going to look at kind of a SWOT analysis, but through a talent lens. Sure, right? sure. What's going to impact us as a business as we grow towards our growth objectives? And then we, from the top down, it is, okay, here's our business strategy, what we want to accomplish, profitability, revenue, those sorts of things. And uh, we have a culture and set of values that drive kind of how we go about our work. Then we drill into the employee experience. The employee experience is what's really going to drive productivity in the organization. And uh, you can't get there until you start with the business strategy. Because if you're going in one direction that says we want to be this profitable with uh, applying these business principles to get mm-hmm. to where we want to go, operating in this way with a set of uh, values and a culture that we want to create, the the employee experience derives out of that. So right. you really have to start in that math uh, that method mm-hmm. in order to get to the things that show up as a pay program or a benefits uh, plan or. Uh, how we manage performance, all those routine things that a lot yeah. of our organizations think of when they hear HR. They do. They absolutely do. But yep. I love the approach of actually doing an assessment based on the business strategy and how we tie that in, right, to the people side. Yep. It's brilliant. It focuses and, time, energy, and resources. And so out yeah. of that comes a roadmap. Yeah. You know, what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. You're not going to waste time and energy on things that mm-hmm. aren't going to deliver the value. Mm-hmm. And that value is really going to be tied to a plan that you put in place for your business. We want to hit these benchmarks by this point in time. What levers are going to make the most difference in doing that? That's why approaching it that way makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. if you come at it and you say, I've decided I have a leadership issue and you haven't done that kind of a full-on assessment, you might be pulling the wrong lever because it mm. might not be leadership at all. It could oh, be something yes. else in your organization. Exactly. Right. So having that kind of perspective mm. is really valuable to mm. business leaders uh, because without it, uh, you tend to waste time, energy, and resources. I love the idea of doing a SWOT analysis just on the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that is one of the simplest, most effective tools that is so underutilized yeah, by by business owners and, yeah. and advisors alike. I yeah. mean, there's so much that can come out of a really good SWAT, you know, when you're when you're building out your plan. So absolutely. I'm really glad to hear that that you utilize that. So let's talk about exit planning for a second. Yeah. Um, and the value that the that people bring to, you know, whether it's a merger or acquisition or or whatever the situation is, or even if it's an internal sale, mm-hmm. right? Um, speak to that. T- tell us about you know what that looks like in your world. Well, uh, ultimately, if I'm going to exit a business, I want to get the most uh, return on that investment mm-hmm. I made, right? And so uh, that it really becomes a math formula. And this is going to sound kind of weird, but um, we want to increase profits, and we do that by improving productivity, right? It's mm-hmm. more outputs, more efficiently produced, and how that ties into people then is the human activity tied to that really comes down to things that we can wrap our arms around. And that really is, uh, in, in my view, it's effort, mm-hmm. right? How much effort people are putting in and uh, their ability and how long they stick with an organization. Back in the 2000s, Gallup came out with this idea of employee engagement. It was an improvement on the old idea of employee satisfaction because you could have employees who are satisfied, 
but they're not necessarily working hard. Right. Right. And so the idea of engagement in their model is level of effort and intent to stay. And so uh, when I was with a local large manufacturer, we built a, a, a survey process to measure how employees uh, felt about the organization uh, uh, to, to really engage how much effort they're going to put into their work and then how long are they intending to stay with the organization. So those two factors are really important when you're trying mm-hmm. to think about uh, improving productivity in an organization and ultimately delivering enterprise value. And so once you understand those things, then you can start to build programs and processes to yeah. drive effort, to drive ability, uh, to uh, increase retention. All those things start to become programmatic once you understand that uh, table setting that you're looking at in terms of how people feel about the organization. So I'm assuming that these uh, surveys that you're conducting are anonymous. Obviously, yeah. yeah. And yep. so when you ask somebody how long they intend to stay at an organization, you know, what's what's your margin of error on yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> well, a lot of times people will say one thing and do another. That always happens. <laughs> yeah. But over time, you can get a sense of, are we making improvement on this intent to stay, right? It becomes noise in the data after a while. Sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, ultimately, you want, what you want to do is get people to stick around longer. So as a business mm-hmm. owner who's thinking about an exit, depending on their time horizon, mm-hmm. they can now, again, think about the levers that they can pull that are going to drive uh, the productivity that they want. If it's a short time horizon, it's going to be one set of uh, things that they're going to really want to focus on. If it's a longer time horizon, uh, you've got the luxury of more time. Your investments can be longer uh, in terms of the the return on those investments. But they all end up being activities, right, in the Mm -hmm. organization that you and your leadership team have to drive in order to make those effective uh, and get the results that you're looking for. Well, let's break that down then, because yeah. um, I think it's worth just spending a little bit of time on what that looks like short term and what it looks like long term, because yep. I have clients in both camps. I'm sure that there are listeners out there who are in both camps and they would like to know, OK, well, I'm you know, I got a six month uh, window right now. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe less. Yeah. Um, wh- what could I do? Well, you mentioned it, uh, you know, moments ago, and it's leadership, right? The mm-hmm. first thing that somebody's going to look at is the effectiveness of that leadership team. And so, you know, one of the things that's hard for business owners and leaders is it's, it's the perceived risk of taking action. Everybody has people in their organization that they know aren't performing up to where they should be. Right. And the question is, why don't you take action on that? Mm-hmm. What stops an organization from taking action? And I think that's, that's where it starts to break down. So if you've got a six-month window and you're looking at somebody on your senior management team who's maybe at 60% of where they could be if you had somebody really effective in that role. Now I have to make a decision. Do I take the risk of letting that person go? And what the risk looks like in in real terms is I get somebody who's worse. It -hmm. takes me forever to replace that person, so I can't find anybody. Uh, Maybe I get somebody in who's productive, but they're a wrecking ball. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they disrupt the culture. Sure. So once you start to pile up those perceived risks, then that's what leads people to inaction. Right. And now you're going to live with the status quo, and you're right. just kind of roll with it, and you're going to focus your energy on things that you feel like you can control, where you can mm-hmm. control the risk. Yeah. So in those situations, what you really need to do is start to apply. There's a science to these things. Mm-hmm. There's a science to assessing people and understanding what they're good at, what they're not good at, attitudinal. Uh, things such as uh, um, such as that, 
uh, and being able to understand, okay, what are the strengths and weaknesses of my team? And if I am going to have to go to market to really do the cost-benefit analysis, what is it costing me by keeping this person on the team? There's a short-term cost in terms of productivity. Long-term, it could be how much I get paid for the business. Because if they look at that person, it's a dunderhead, and they don't want to have that person on the team, mm -hmm. it's going to cost in real uh, real dollars potentially mm -hmm. in that transaction. So do I take the risk of keeping that person on the team? Well, so you can't measure the loss of opportunity either during the time they're there. Right on. Right? Right. So you've got to have a structured process, some discipline around how you look at these questions. Mm -hmm. And the, the typical business owner is kind of, they're kind of running and gunning, right? It's a day-to-day uh, wrestling match with the business and to take the time and step back and really do that thoughtful analysis mm -hmm. of what I should do in this situation, I think is a lot of times what gets in the way. So the first thing I would do is um, uh, I would look at the leadership effectiveness, start at the top and work your way down and apply that same kind of disciplined thought process and analysis to understand, you know, what are the, what are the puts and takes of keeping or making changes in the organization. Um, once I've done this assessment, then you're going to have to really look at your process for selection and development because you're, you're going to keep some people who are underperforming and you're going to get rid of some people who are underperforming. And so for the people you keep, you're going to want to have a plan for how you're going to improve their productivity. Part of that is going to be development. So you need to understand what their strengths and their weaknesses are, and you have to have development plans that are going to help that person grow and get to the level that they need to be at. On the selection side, if you terminate somebody, now you're going to have to have a really good way of identifying somebody who's going to come in and replace, either an internal promotion or somebody from the outside of the organization. Do they always have to replace, though? They I mean, don't always have to. Re yeah. Now rethink the organization. Maybe right. there's a way that you can shift work around or mm -hmm. expand somebody's responsibility, somebody who's a top performer, a high potential, give them more responsibility and see how they do. Absolutely good point. I'm mm -hmm. glad you mentioned that. The other thing, the next thing I would look at is accountability systems. How do you hold your leadership team and others in the organization accountable to results? And this is another area where organizations don't always do well. And a lot of times it rests on the ability of supervisors to manage performance. Right. Right. And so uh, looking at your accountability systems, it's going to be how do we set goals? Right. How do we communicate priorities? How do we hold people accountable to them? How do we help people improve through coaching and development? And if you don't have process around those things, I would put time and energy there. I'd start with getting clear on expectations and giving feedback to people. That's a very simple thing where if you look at the levers to pull to, to impact people's performance, that's the biggest one, and it's the one that most organizations don't do well at. Mm -hmm. They might think they're doing well at clarifying expectations and what, they need, what the employee needs to mm -hmm. do, right? But does that person understand it? Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. I've communicated it. They understand it. Those are two different things. And yeah. usually the manager thinks they have, and usually the employee knows they haven't. You know, I have to agree with you. There are so many situations I've been in where accountability is sorely lacking or it's kind of ad hoc. You know, sometimes they're accountable, sometimes they're not. And so many times I, when I'm talking with not necessarily owners, but people who are in leadership positions, or even if they're not in leadership positions, they're not really sure what they're supposed to be doing sometimes, yeah. right? They, they haven't had their their role actually defined for a long time, or they mm -hmm. have a job description, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. but they do way more than that, or it doesn't even 
really, you know, clarify exactly what it is that they do on a daily basis. So, so I can see where that the whole, you know, conversation around expectations can get really super confusing and it really boils down to communication, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And Mm -hmm. the other side of that is the feedback piece, right? So we're, we're, we're in a part of the country where there's Minnesota nice. And so oh do people really deliver the hard message that needs to get delivered? I see it in every single organization I've been mm. in mm. is that difficulty with giving feedback. Right. Um, so short term, those are the things I'd focus on. Yeah. Switching to long term. Long term. Uh, this is where you've got more room to really focus on long term productivity. Yes. I think the thing that every organization needs to be confronting right now and thinking about long term is that demographically our country is not going to get out of the labor shortage. There's yeah. no end to this, right? Birth rates are going down. Right. Um, right. Our immigration rates are static. So there really isn't any hope for this. So business owners need to accept that reality. Now, if you start, that's a good example of a SWOT analysis item that is going to be on everybody's SWOT analysis, right? Yes. So now you start to say, okay, how do I address that? The obvious ones are automation, right? Mm-hmm. I need to be making investments in automation right. uh, for the long term. The other thing from a people's perspective, uh, really looking at uh, rethinking work. Most organizations think about roles that have to be filled versus work that has to be done. And if you switch that paradigm just a little bit and say, I have work that needs to get done, not roles that have to be filled, now that expands your thinking or the possibilities of how you get that work done. That comes up with things like what we do, which is fractional executives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having somebody on your team who is 10 hours a week versus a 40-hour-a-week committed headcount is a very different way of leading your organization. We had one client that had three fractionals on their senior management team, mm. and we were one of them. So it, it really is, that's an example of kind of rethinking at the top, but then also outsourcing lower in the organization where you can and focusing on your core capabilities. The other thing, because of the labor shortage and that being a really a persistent problem that we're going to be confronting, how do you uh, have a robust uh, talent uh, recruiting process, right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you really, the easy labor is taken, right? The people who can and want to work are working, at mm-hmm. the level of unemployment that we have. And mm-hmm. right, that's going to be a dynamic going forward. So now how do I get more creative about finding and engaging talent? That means using more remote workers. That means tapping into populations that are uh, have higher unemployment rates. That's going to include, include people with disabilities. Uh, it's going to include people who are coming out of the, the prison system. Uh, it's going to include people on uh, in disadvantaged populations such as uh, it could be native populations on reservations. There, there's, there's a number of people. If you look at the sidelines of our workforce, there are pockets of people there who have the ability and the desire to work, but it's not as easy as it is for the quote-unquote traditional workforce. Sure. So businesses have to be smarter about mm-hmm. how am I going to go to market? So the things that were nice to have years ago are now must-haves. Mm-hmm. I have to have an employer brand that speaks our value to the labor community, right? I have to have a way of communicating that uh, over digital media, social media. I have to have uh, a culture that is sticky and an employee experience where people want to come to work for me and the people that work for me are evangelists. I have to have those things. That's Mm. not a nice to have anymore. Sure. So you really have to spend time and attention on those sorts of things so that you can find the right people 
uh, for the roles that you have to be able to get to where you need to go long term. Super amazing. I love this. Um, wish we could keep going. We're running out of time. But uh, that last, our, our last piece where we talked about workforce and how you talked about brand and speaking to various populations and being creative about how you recruit and where you recruit. <laughs> yeah. I Honestly, I think that that's, um, that's going to be uh, more and more prevalent and more and more necessary. I do have one client right now who's looking into becoming immigrant um, approved, or I'm not exactly sure what the terminology is, but yeah. to be a, a resource for immigrants to um, to find work. Yep. Right. Yep. And so I think you know why not? Let's yeah. let's look into that. They're looking for work, and we need workers. So yeah, you know, let's come together. Well, and uh, you know, we have a, a huge refugee population in the state now, right? Mm-hmm. We've had refugees from Afghanistan. We continue to get a flow from Africa. We have them from Ukraine. And many of them are highly educated and they're unemployed. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's opportunity out there for businesses that can get their creative hat on Mm -hmm. and uh, to really think differently about these things. But it takes time, effort, energy and resources. And again, stepping back and thinking about Mm -hmm. value creation. How do I accelerate value Mm -hmm. on a long term potential exit? This might be a place where you place some of that investment Mm -hmm. to be able to have a flowing process of getting talent in your organization, the right talent with the right skills and potential to do work that uh, is going to feed value uh, in the future. Fabulous. Steve, thank you so much. Thank you. Great tips, great advice, great stories. Absolutely. Um, For our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for subscribing, following, and we do hope that you will join us again next time.